0: Hello there, this is Dr. Ed Hill, the host of This Week in the Word, where we grow in our knowledge of the Word of God and our walk with Christ. I'm glad you joined us today in this episode of Telling Time for Beginners, where we're trying to understand how to know how close we are to the so-called end of the world. So today's episode is Telling Time for Beginners, Jew-haters in Jerusalem. It's for Sunday, September 4th, 2022. You know, what's up with all this hating on the Jews in Jerusalem? I mean, w- wouldn't it seem odd to you if for some reason that the whole world hated Kenyans and Nairobi and it was just this massive effort to... Uh, attack and disparage Kenyans and people who live in Nairobi? Wouldn't that seem a little odd, but yet the world seems okay with hating on Jews in Jerusalem? I'll give you an example like the so-called BDS movement, Boycott, Disinvestments, and Sanctions Against Israel, It's sort of the same as go woke, go broke. (laughs) I don't know how well the BDS movement is doing, but I tell you this, Israel is financially successful and their technology, their innovation is through the roof. So I suppose BDS has been boycotted, disinvested, and sanctioned itself. Anyway, there's plenty of hating on the Jews in Jerusalem. For example... Why are there 10,000 rockets in the Golan Heights and rockets all over the place aimed at Israel for the coming attack on Israel? Now, Israel knows all about this. So do a lot of people. Why is that allowed to happen like it does? And why is all of that aimed at Jerusalem and the Jews? Why isn't it something like uh, Manila in the Philippines? How come it's Jerusalem and the Jews? Have you ever wondered about that? Well, that's a good thing to ask a question about. We're going to answer that today. And if you don't know much about this, you're going uh, to have the light bulb come on like you've never had it come on before in this particular area. Now, some people would say, well, it's because of the Palestinians and how, how Israel treats the Palestinians. Hey, don't get me started on that, but I'm going to tell you something. Even Palestinians don't care about Palestinians. For example, the government of the Palestinians, the Palestinian Authority, so-called Mahmoud Abbas, he doesn't care about the Palestinians, or he would have solved some of their problems by now. But he kind of keeps them trapped there because they are a, a, a tool to be used against Israel. Now, well, that's not to excuse every single thing that Israel has ever done or not done regarding the Palestinians. I'm not saying that, but I mean, this is beyond insane. Well, it's because of the Muslims and, and their uh, third most holy site, so-called, yet that was never called that until about the last 100 years, again, for political reasons. Look it up. Check it out. Yasser Arafat's Father, I believe it was, was the Mufti of Jerusalem, and he decided he was going to designate that mosque as the third most holy site in Islam. Yet, until a 100 years ago, it had never been known as that. But, you know, the Muslims, actually, when you get right down to it, they're just pawns on the chessboard of God. So that's not the answer either. Nope. It's way deeper on a spiritual plane. It's on a cosmic level, a battle between God and Satan, between good and evil involving Jerusalem as the battleground. Did you know that? Now, when you know the things I'm going to tell you here, four things in just a moment, when you know these things I'm about to tell you, then world history at large and future Bible prophecy will click into place like like the last piece of a million-piece jigsaw puzzle and the big picture is gonna make sense. Now here's the four things on the front end. Number one, the Jews in Jerusalem are important because of the fulfillment of massive Old Testament prophecies. There are many Old Testament prophecies that were made that haven't come true yet, but they are going to in the last times. So number one is the Jews in Jerusalem are are the target because that's where these Old Testament prophecies are going to be fulfilled. Number two, Jerusalem is the exact place where the Antichrist will be revealed in two ways. That seven-year covenant that he makes with Israel as their protector, and then, of course, you know at the midpoint of that, three and a half years into that, that he will go into the temple of God that has been rebuilt, which can only be rebuilt in one place, and that is in Jerusalem, no other city in the world. That's according to God. And he's going to go into that temple and proclaim that he is God and the whole world must worship him. And you can learn more about that in Revelation uh, 13. And you can also learn about that. I believe I'm right in saying 1 Thessalonians chapter, or is it 2 Thessalonians? It's one of those Thessalonian epistles in chapter two. Look it up, tell me which one it was. The third thing is Jerusalem is the exact location of the return of Jesus Christ. He's not coming to Oslo, Norway. He's not coming back to Brisbane, Australia. He's coming to Jerusalem. We even know which side of Jerusalem. He's coming to Jerusalem on the east side touching down on the Mount of Olives on the east of Jerusalem. How's that for exact location? And the Mount of Olives is not that big, so that's where he's coming back to. We know this. In fact, we'll see this today. The fourth thing is Jerusalem is the exact location of the throne, the political capital, spiritual capital, if you will, of the thousand-year millennial kingdom, the golden age of the earth in the earth's history. There will literally be a 1,000-year rule of the Lord Jesus Christ on the throne of David from Jerusalem over the entire world, and no one gets to opt out. That's right. That is going to happen. Now, does the average Jew hater know all this? No. They are just clueless masses whipped into a frenzy about the latest thing to be whipped into a clueless frenzy about. Do the leaders of the global government that is being put in place right now, do they know this? A few may. But most just want to have a chair when the music stops. So most political leaders are just as clueless, and they're also craven cowards who love power and perks more than you could ever know. And they will do or say or not do or not say anything that allows them to be at the top of the heap when this global government is set up. Now, do you know who does know these things that I've mentioned, those four things? To some extent, Lucifer knows them. To some extent, we don't know how much, Satan is aware of these things, and all the angels that rebelled with him, the demon spirits, they know. We don't know how much they know, but they're aware Now, do you know who will be the most shocked at the tribulation, the return of Christ and the millennial kingdom from Jerusalem? Do you know? Well, number one, lost people. Well, yeah, but that's a given. The lost in the world, as they reject Christ, they will always be the last to know and first to go, just like the airborne. Number two, though, are the Lord's people the allegedly Lord's people. That is, I'm talking about people who say they are Christians, who profess to be Christians, but who are utterly ignorant of anything we're going to talk about today. And more importantly, they're professional religious clergy hacks. Who scoff about what we're going to talk about? Who explain it away, and they even mock Bible prophecy. They're the pied pipers of replacement theology. What is place replacement theology? Well, is the idea that in the Bible, you know, you have Israel mentioned all over the Old Testament is mentioned. Some, you know, Jerusalem and Israel is mentioned in the New Testament. But their take on it is that the church replaced Israel and that all the promises of God made to Israel, starting with Abram, who became Abraham, all those promises through the end of the Old Testament have been or will be fulfilled in the church that the church replaces Israel. Well, that is that is clearly not right. So I think the most shocked group of people at the tribulation, the return of Christ in the millennial kingdom, are going to be people who say they're the Lord's people and especially their pastors who are just going to have their mouth hanging open as they see everything we're talking about unfold in front of them, and they will have had no idea because they reject the clear revelation of God. They will be absolutely the most shocked of all about this. I mean, think about it this way. Lost people who don't know God or lost people who who just outright hate God, they figure they got it coming. I mean, you even hear them joke about yep, I'm on my way to hell, I'll see you See you there with all my friends, you know, a lot of that. They know they're going to get that. And they, they realize that it's probably correct, <laughs> the way they look at their life. Like, yep, I deserve it. But think about the Lord's people, the people who say that they're Christians, and yet they say, oh, none of this is ever going to happen. You Bible prophecy freaks are just wrong. Well, somebody's wrong here but you're going to see who it is at the end, and it's not going to be the people who take the word of God at face value. Now, we may be wrong on some details about it, but we're not wrong about the overall picture. And we believe God. Who are you believing? All right. Now, think about it this way also, that those who say that we need to unhitch from the Old Testament, they're going to be clueless about the future as well, but not you. You know, just so we wouldn't miss it, God gave us three chapters we're going to read quickly today. And guess where they are? They're in the Old Testament near the end. I think they're the next to the last book of the Old Testament. I mean, that's even pretty easy to find. Go, go to the Gospel of Matthew, you know, turn left and go back to Malachi. To go one more book back, and I believe you're at Zechariah. And God wants us to know about this. Now, I know what some of you are thinking, but all this happened in 70 AD when the Romans destroyed Jerusalem, destroyed the temple, and took the Jewish people captive all over the world. <laughs> That's funny. And you know what? Nice try, but that's wrong because you're going to see that things that are predicted to happen certainly did not happen. (coughs) I mean, clearly, if words mean anything, what we're going to read today will show that the idea that that happened in 70 AD is just simply wrong. It may even be sincerely wrong, but that doesn't make it any less wrong. Hey, even the Prince of Preachers, Charles Spurgeon, guaranteed in the 1800s that the nation Israel would be resurrected to live in Israel again. He was mocked, but you know who had the last laugh? Spurgeon did. He didn't live to see it, but just like he said on May 14th, 1948, The United Nations created Israel again. And you know how they did it? They did it in one day, literally. As God said would happen, that Israel would be created again in one day. And that was May 14th, 1948. Now, for Zechariah 12 to 14 to be fulfilled, as we believe it will be, and God says it will be, And we're going to read that here shortly. For Zechariah chapters 12, 13, and 14 to be fulfilled, there had to be an Israel back in the land. And you know what? They are. And this happened. You say, well, that must have been like a long, long time ago. I want to show you how recently that was uh, in history. I think about it this way. In the young adulthood of my mother and father, which was not very long ago, historically speaking, Israel was reborn. I mean, they were already in their, um, I didn't figure it out exactly, but their 20s, early 20s, mid 20s, and Israel was reborn in their lifetime. Think about that. All right, let's go to Zechariah chapter 12, and we're going to read verses 1 to 14. I may make comments, I may not, but I'll tell you what I did do. On what I'm reading, I highlighted every time Jerusalem appears or Judea or anything like that, and it, this is like—it's an amazing how many highlights I have through these passages referring to Jerusalem and Judah and the Jewish people. Now here we go. Now again, people who don't believe the Bible at face value or who don't believe it at all say that. Well, yeah, whatever, this happened in 70 AD. I want you to read carefully with me or listen carefully, and you'll see that, hey, that didn't happen in 70 AD. You know why? Because it didn't. It's still future. Here we go, Zechariah 12, verses 1 to 14. The burden of the word of the Lord for Israel, saith the Lord, which stretcheth forth the heavens and layeth the foundation of the earth, and formeth the spirit of man within him. Now think about that. God who could do all that can certainly make what we're going to read happen. Verse 2, Behold, I will make, there it is, Jerusalem, a cup of trembling unto all the people round about it, when they shall be in the siege, both against Judah and against Jerusalem. Now, here's another phrase we're going to see over and over in these passages. The phrase, in that day. And you may want to mark how many times that occurs. This is talking about the day of the Lord in the future. Verse 3, And in that day will I make Jerusalem a burdensome stone for all people. All that burden themselves with it shall be cut in pieces though all the people of the earth be gathered together against it. In that day, saith the Lord, I will smite every horse with astonishment and his rider with madness, and I will open mine eyes upon the house of Judah and will smite every horse of the people with blindness. And the governors of Judah shall say in their heart, The inhabitants of Jerusalem shall be my strength in the Lord of hosts, their God. In that day will I make the governors of Judah like an hearth of fire among the wood, and like a torch of fire in a sheep, and they shall devour all the people round about on the right hand and on the left, and Jerusalem shall be inhabited again in her own place, even in Jerusalem. The Lord also shall save the tents of Judah first, that the glory of the house of David and the glory of the inhabitants of Jerusalem do not magnify themselves against Judah. In that day, shall the Lord defend the inhabitants of Jerusalem. And he that is feeble among them at that day shall be as David, and the house of David shall be as God, as the angel of the Lord before them. Verse 9, And it shall come to pass in that day that I will seek to destroy all the nations that come against Jerusalem. And I will pour upon the house of David and upon the inhabitants of Jerusalem the spirit of grace and of supplications, and they shall look upon me whom they have pierced, and they shall mourn for him as one mourneth for his only son, and shall be in bitterness for him, as one that is in bitterness for his firstborn. In that day shall there be a great mourning in Jerusalem as the mourning of Hadad-Rimon in the valley of Megiddo. This is when the great king Josiah of Judah, who was a very godly king and was a great blessing to Judah, When he died, his death was greatly recognized. But this will be like that, that mourning. Verse 12, and and the land shall mourn every family apart, the family of the house of David apart and their wives apart, the family of the house of Nathan apart and their wives apart, the family of the house of Levi apart and their wives apart, the family of Shimei apart, and their wives apart. All the families that remain, every family apart, and their wives apart. Now we go to verse uh, 1 of chapter 13. In that day, there shall be a fountain. You know, a fountain just keeps on flowing, amen? In that day, there shall be a fountain open to the house of David, and to the inhabitants of Jerusalem for sin and for uncleanness. And it shall come to pass in that day, saith the Lord of hosts, that I will cut off the names of the idols out of the land, and they shall no more be remembered. And also I will cause the prophets and the unclean spirit to pass out of the land. And it shall come to pass that when any shall yet prophesy, this is talking about false prophets now, and it shall come to pass that when any shall yet prophesy, then his father and his mother that begat him shall say unto him, thou shalt not live, for thou speakest lies in the name of the Lord. And his father and his mother that begat him shall thrust him through when he prophesieth. So this is putting false prophets on notice here, amen? And they would cut themselves and all that kind of stuff and wear uh, what was called a prophet's garment or robe to make people think that they were of the Lord, and they weren't. And these were supposed to be people telling the truth of God's word, and they weren't. And it was gonna be bad news for them in that day. And it shall come to pass in that day that the prophets shall be ashamed Every one of his vision, when he hath prophesied, neither shall they wear a rough garment to deceive. But he shall say, I am no prophet, I am an husband, and for man taught me to keep cattle from my youth. I mean what is how is that for gaslighting? Amen. Like me? I'm no prophet, I never said that. I'm I'm a shepherd. And one shall say unto him, what are these wounds in thine hands? Remember I said that they, the false prophets would cut themselves to show their uh, you know, their seriousness and all of that. Then he shall answer, those which I was wounded in the house of my friends. Now some see this as a what I just read is referring to the Lord Jesus Christ. And we could discuss that. But the point is, it's right here, the, the entire context is right here where somebody has been a false prophet and they're having to the answer for it. Verse 7 Awake, O sword, against my shepherd and against the man that is my fellow, saith the Lord of hosts. Smite the shepherd, and the sheep shall be scattered, and I will turn mine hand upon the little ones. And it shall come to pass that in all the land, saith the Lord, Two parts therein shall be cut off and died. This will be a terrible time for Jerusalem and Judah, for sure, because two-thirds will die, but the third shall be left therein. And I will bring the third part through the fire and will refine them as silver is refined and will try them as gold is refined." and uh, they shall call on my name, and I will hear them. I will say, it is my people, and they shall say, the Lord is my God. You know who they're saying that to? The Lord Jesus Christ when he returns, amen. This is where Paul says in Romans, when he says, all Israel shall be saved, this is what he's talking about right here. You know, if, if, the, if the church was Israel, why would Paul have said that in Romans, right? Now, Zechariah 14, 1 through 21. Behold, the day of the Lord cometh, and thy spoil shall be divided in the midst of thee. For I will gather all nations against Jerusalem to battle, and the city shall be taken, and the houses rifled, and the women ravished, and half of the city shall go forth into captivity, and the residue of the people shall not be cut off from the city. Then shall the Lord go forth and fight against those nations, as when he fought in the day of battle. And his feet shall stand in that day upon the Mount of Olives, which is before Jerusalem on the east. And the Mount of Olives shall cleave in the midst thereof toward the east and toward the west. And there shall be a very great valley, and half of the mountain shall remove toward the north, and half of it toward the south. And ye shall flee to the valley of the mountains, for the valley of the mountains shall reach unto Azel. Yea, ye shall flee like as ye fled from before the earthquake, and the days of Uzziah the king of Judah. And the Lord my God shall come, and all the saints with thee. And it shall come to pass in that day that the light shall not be clear nor dark, but it shall be one day which shall be known to the Lord, not day nor night, but it shall come to pass that at evening time it shall be light. And it shall be in that day that living waters shall go out from Jerusalem, half of them toward the former sea and half of them toward the hinder sea. In summer and in winter shall it be. And the Lord shall be king over all the earth. In that day shall there be one Lord and his name one, all the land shall be turned as a plain from Geba to Rimmon, south of Jerusalem, and it shall be lifted up and inhabited in her place from Benjamin's gate under the place of the first gate, under the corner gate, and from the tower of Hananel, under the king's winepresses. The men shall dwell in it, and there shall be no more utter destruction but Jerusalem shall be safely inhabited. And this shall be the plague wherewith the Lord will smite all the people that have fought against Jerusalem. Their flesh shall consume away while they stand upon their feet, and their eyes shall consume away in their holes. And their tongue shall consume away in their mouth. And it shall come to pass in that day that a great tumult from the Lord shall be among them, and they shall lay hold every one on the hand of his neighbor, and his hand shall rise up against the hand of his neighbor. And Judah also shall fight at Jerusalem, and the wealth of all the heathen round about shall be gathered together gold and silver and apparel in great abundance. And so shall be the plague of the horse, of the mule, of the camel, and of the ass, and of all the beast that shall be in these tents as this plague. And it shall come to pass that every one that is left of all the nations which came up against Jerusalem, shall even go up from year to year to worship the king, the Lord of hosts, and to keep the feast of tabernacles. And it shall be that whoso will not come up of all the families of the earth unto Jerusalem to worship the king, the Lord of hosts, even upon them shall be no rain. And if the family of Egypt go not up and come not, that have no rain. There shall be the plague, wherewith the Lord will smite the heathen that will not come up to keep the feast of tabernacles. This shall be the punishment of Egypt and the punishment of all nations that come not up to keep the feast of tabernacles. In that day shall there be upon the bells of the horses holiness unto the Lord, and the pots in the Lord's house shall be like the bowls before the altar. Yea, every pot in Jerusalem and in Judah shall be holiness unto the Lord of hosts, and all they that sacrifice shall come and take of them and sieve therein. And in that day there shall be no more the Canaanite, in the house of the Lord of hosts." Wow! Talk about a major transformation the world is heading for. And do you know when the Lord ascended back to heaven in the book of Acts, that he ascended, guess where he ascended from? Literally, from the mountain of Olives. And the angel said that he would come back in the same way that the 500 had seen him go into heaven. And I believe he's coming back, according to this prophecy, right to the Mount of Olives, exactly where he left from. And when the Lord is done setting up his kingdom and the whole world is required to bow the knee to King Jesus, even the most profane, common, everyday thing will be characterized by holiness and the worship of the Lord. That thing that it said, uh, that phrase there, uh holiness under the lord would be on the bells of the horses would be inscribed on their uh their reins and the little bells that would be on them and that kind of thing very tiny uh, seemingly insignificant thing that was the same inscription on the mitre around the bonnet that the high priest wore so even the smallest thing will be characterized by holiness and he he mentioned there that there be shall be no more the Canaanite in the house of the Lord. A Canaanite is an enemy of God, and the church is filled with enemies. Even people who say they're part of the church and leave the church—that's going to be over, my friends. And that day is coming. Now listen, say, well, can you confirm these things? Some of it—I mean, a little bit—from anything the Lord Jesus Christ said? Absolutely, Luke. 21, the Gospel of Luke, 21, verses 20 to 24. Jesus said, And when ye shall see Jerusalem compassed with armies, like not just the Roman army, armies, plural, Jerusalem compassed with armies, then know that the desolation thereof is nigh. Then let them which are in Judea flee to the mountains, and let them which are in the midst of it depart out, <coughs> and let not them that are in the countries enter thereinto. For these shall be the days of vengeance, that all things which are written may be fulfilled. But woe unto them that are with child, and to them that give suck in those days, for there shall be great distress in the land. And wrath upon this people, and they shall fall by the edge of the sword, and shall be led away captive into all nations, and Jerusalem shall be trodden down of the Gentiles until the times of the Gentiles be fulfilled. And that's when the Lord's come back, comes back to the Mount of Olives and fights for Jerusalem and the Jewish people. Thank you for listening today. I hope why people be hating on the Jews and on Jerusalem is much clearer today. Now it's not such a big mystery. They play an immense part in the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. Literally that location and those people. You know what this would lead me to say to you today as you listen, if you know the Lord, you should rejoice because we can see things getting harder and harder for Jerusalem and the tiny little nation of Israel. And we know that the countries around them, many of them, are planning to try to destroy them. They won't work, but they're going to try. And we should pray for the peace of Jerusalem and we should lift up our heads because of the return of the Lord cannot be very far off. When is it? I don't know that, but I can see what's going on in the world. Amen? Now, for those who are listening right now and you're not you're not even sure you're a Christian, or maybe you know you're absolutely not one, but you're realizing maybe you ought to be looking into that. I think you're right. I think you ought to get on the Lord's team. You need to be born again, bow the king now to the Lord Jesus Christ before it's too late for you I'm going to give you a phone number. I'm going to say it twice. I would like you to write it down because I'm going to invite you to call that number. And you're going to call to speak with someone who can help you learn how to become a Christian. Call 877-247-2426. 877-247-2426. I want you to know today that with Jesus Christ, it's your... Lord and Savior, you can know for sure how your eternity will turn out. Instead of continuing to follow Satan and being condemned with him to an eternal hell, you can follow Jesus Christ starting today and be welcome into heaven and eternity with him. 877-247-2426 Or you can go to chataboutjesus.com You know, in Romans 3.23, the Bible says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But you know, I'm so glad Romans 6.23 is also there. It says, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And Romans 10.13 says, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord, shall be saved. I want to thank you for listening today. I invite you to like this episode, to follow the podcast, and even to share this episode with somebody right now from where you're listening, that they may hear it as well. I'm honored that you listened in to This Week in the Word, and you made it all the way to the end. Tell others about www.dredhill.podbean.com, the home of This Week in the Word. Thank you for listening. If the Lord doesn't come first, I'll be back next week with the next episode of This Week in the Word. And we're probably going to still be in the series that we're in now, Telling Time for Beginners. And I hope you understand better today how to do that. God bless you. Bye-bye.